Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. I'm Noor. Join me and my co-host, Cheryl Tay. Hi, I'm Cheryl. Every episode where we talk to you about balancing life and fitness and the pursuit of passion. This is brought to you by Purpose Performance Wear, World Championship winning kits for triathlon, cycling and running. Hello and welcome again to this week's uh, episode of the Purpose Podcast. Today I have an extremely and you know I'm I'm really extremely honored to have uh, this guest with us. I've known him for about oh at least I've met him a couple of times at races for about a few times uh, uh, you know over the past couple of years. Just say hi and hello and all. But I think what I've what I've always been very intrigued about it's uh, you know his 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 progress and how he's really grown his uh, what he's doing. Uh, in in the scene of triathlon, I have with me today uh, Rupert Chen, uh, head coach, a founder, uh, and head coach of uh, RC Coaching. Welcome, Rupert. Ah, uh, thank you so much, No and uh, Cheryl, for having me for this mm-hmm. uh, purpose uh, podcast. So I'm uh, very delighted to be here today to uh, share some of uh, you know. Uh, experience, uh, whatever story we want to have. Okay, cool, man. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really honored. I mean, I, I, I've been following you, and uh, you know, I think <laughs> you've, you've done a lot. I think you're doing a lot still uh, for the triathlon scene in Malaysia, especially. So, you um, know, really, all kudos to that. Um, ah, thank you, thank you. I've been following just... purpose as well, so <laughs> I see how you guys grow as well for the past few years. So very impressive. Yeah, really, thanks, really thanks. Important. Thanks so much, man. Um, okay, just give me a little bit of background. So for the listeners, I mean, of, of course, I think most of our listeners would know who you are, uh, but I would foresee that there will probably be other listeners, our international listeners, who don't know who you are. Could you give me, uh, could, at least could you just, you know, introduce yourself, uh, your qualifications, what, what you are doing, what you are doing, you know, as an athlete, and then what you are doing now? Ah, okay. So uh, my name is Rupert Chen. So, uh, actually, my, my background is a mechanical engineer. So, I used to work uh, for an engineering firm as a, in the, uh, as a sales engineer for about six years before, uh, you know, I went on my own and started doing other stuff. Uh, the other business didn't do so well. And then after that, I was doing a triathlon as well at that time. And I had really, really a lot of interest in triathlon. And I started coaching my friends uh, mm. free of charge. For a couple of years before uh, I started to race at a higher level and then I started to take a certification for coaching and then I started you know to uh, started RC coaching for, uh, two years plus at uh, Bukit Jalil and from there on we keep growing bigger and bigger and bigger uh, doing more and more events and even merchandising as well so yeah yeah um so how how many how long ago was that since uh you started triathlon. Did you did you do short course first, like the ITU courses? You know, the ITU race right, circuit, right. and then you go. Or did you go straight into the long course, which is the more the Ironman and the half Ironman? Uh, full Ironman. I I actually uh, started as uh, as a runner. Uh, that was like uh, maybe 13, 14 years ago. And then after that, I, 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 I felt it was a bit monotonous for me. It was a bit boring. <laughs> so I was looking for like uh, something more challenging, something with more variety. And that's how I stumbled upon triathlon. And mm. from there on, I started with, of course, the shorter distance first. But I was never, I was never competitive 
when I started, I would just join more like a, just for the uh, the challenge and for meeting new people. And it was until I resigned from my corporate work, only I had more time to train. Mm. And that was when I, I took up proper uh, training and then uh, only then I could start to see results. So from there on, I keep uh, progressing uh, from shorter distance to longer distance and in a more competitive manner. And you were also you were also uh, Malaysia's first few Ironman, right? Um, at that time, um, I what was it? Two thousand ten, I think. Two thousand ten, yeah. I did my first Ironman, but then by then I think there was already some. Of course, it's not as many as now. Uh, mm. at that time, yes, I was uh one of the early Ironman then. Yeah. Here mm. was your first one. Sorry? Man, I mean, which year was your first Ironman? My the... first Ironman was 2010. That was in uh, Langkawi before they, 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 they I think the uh, local organizer didn't do a good job and uh, Ironman didn't want to renew their license. So, <laughs> so then we, we didn't have an Ironman for four years. I think in 2014, only uh, new organizers took over. So then only we had the uh, second phase of Ironman in Malaysia. And then you also, you also the, I think the first or maybe the first few to qualify for the Kona World Championship, right? Uh, no, no, I didn't qualify for Kona World Championship. Actually, I qualified uh, for the 70.3 World Championship. 70.3, okay. Yeah, yeah uh, Kona, I almost a few times, but I didn't mm. manage. I just missed out by two sports or three sports and yeah. yeah. It's always the sucky thing, right? You know, to... <laughs> yeah, 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 and then you hope it rolls down to you. You're waiting there, waiting there, and then the yeah. person right in front of you took the slot. So, yeah, yeah, that's what they always say. Finishing fourth is worse than finishing last. Yeah, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. Because it's so painful because it's right there, and you're waiting there with the, their credit card ready to swipe, and and then the, 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 then the calling ones, calling them, somebody from the back will just pop up and say, "Yeah, yeah, I'm taking the slot." Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Mm. Okay, then what, what spurred you on? Did you uh, always have, uh, I mean, did you always have a, 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 a desire to try to set up your own coaching or things like that? Or what, what, what spurred you on to set up RC coaching? So, uh, actually, I was already coaching before, but it was without RC coaching. We were, I was just coaching friends and uh, uh, not officially, I was, uh, because in Malaysia, I, I don't know about Singapore, but in Malaysia, it's hard to find a proper swimming pool to coach, you see, because most of the swimming pools are already tied up with the uh, other clubs or they have other coaching and you can't really go in. So I had to sneak into other pool, <laughs> people's mm. pool to, to coach. And when they ask, they say, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm just teaching my friends, that kind of thing. Mm. So, uh, yeah, until uh, I think... Uh, 2000 uh, end of 2017 uh, one of the uh, the one of the pools uh, is managed by my friend and he heard that I was already coaching at the time and he was wondering whether I would like to make it official and so that's mm. when I registered the company RC coaching and I started to coach officially uh, early 2018 yeah, yeah but I've been yeah. doing coaching for quite a number of years already just unofficially and I, I wasn't even collecting any fees back then but once I took the coaching in the uh, Bukit Jalil, which mm. is the uh, National Aquatic Center, of course, it's, it's pretty expensive to coach there. So, of course, I had to start charging. And then from there on, as we coach, I, I could see the progress of the athletes. They are, a lot of them uh, were not even doing sports. And then we helped them from the, 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 
the beginning to teach them the basics of swimming, basics of biking and running. And then you start to see them participating in a short distance courses all the way to Ironman eventually. And you see, I, I could see that, you know, the, 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 for them to accomplish Ironman or even a triathlon is really, really something big for them and it really changed their life. And that gave me the motivation to keep pursuing coaching. Mm. Yeah. Cheryl, do you have anything to ask? Or yeah, I can I, continue on here. Mm. I just, but the thing is, yeah, you've been coaching on the side, everything, but what was it? When do you know it was time for you to leave your corporate job? I think, you know, when you have a corporate job, you have a stable pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that there's money on the table. But with coaching, especially in a sport like triathlon, which is quite new, mm-hmm. it's a bit risky, right? Like, okay, you step out. Yeah, you have a few at least, but you never know. If right. you say, oh, tomorrow I don't do anymore. Oh, I don't change sports. So, what gave you that, that, that confidence, you know, to take the risk and say, I'm going to leave my job and go and pursue coaching yeah. So actually, I was working in corporate up to 2012, but then I started my own company, which was supplying products for uh, port construction. So I was an engineering firm, right? Mm-hmm. So while I was doing that, I was coaching on the sites already. So, so, so of course, the other business, the uh, the port construction business, was the main job, and the uh, the the coaching was just like a side hobby. And then, of course, even when when I started. I didn't charge much. I was just doing it more for a hobby. But then I could see that there was... There, actually, at that time, I think there was still lacking of coaching in Malaysia. So I start to see traction. People start to talk about it. And people start to recognize that um, having a proper coaching helps a lot. Yeah, You save a lot on the trial and error. So that's when I start to capture more and more athletes and bring them mm. into the, uh, the, the, the triathlon. And I could guide them. I could do events, clinics. So there was more and more demand, you see. Now, now it's quite a lot already. Before, back then, it wasn't as many. So then in that way, I was lucky. We were one of the lucky adopters. And then we could capture a bigger market. And yeah, then, then when the, the, my other business uh, didn't do so well, so I hop on full full fledged into the coaching business because only then because I realized we need really need a lot of um, time to build that business and there was still a lot of uh, potential in this uh, coaching business. So then only we grew once we start to pour in and invest in maybe getting assistant coaches. Only we can start to see it was growing and growing and growing. Yeah. yeah. So how big is RC coaching now? Like rough numbers lah, RC coaching numbers. Like how many coaches all together? How many athletes all together? How many, uh, wow, how, to count, how many world championship qualifications? <laughs> so, uh, we, so currently, is I, of course, I'm the founder and I have uh, three time, uh, three staffs uh, full-time uh, mm. helping out. Yeah, uh, two uh, full-time coaches and one uh, on the account side. And then we have like uh, part-time coaches, about five, six of uh, part-time coaches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and students. So we have, I have different kind of uh, students as well. So I have the online training program students. I have about 40 plus of them. Yeah, I write the programs online using training picks. And then mm-hmm. uh, face-to-face students. At the moment, I have about 150 students. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we yeah, coach here in Klang Valley and also we have a coaching in Penang as well. Which, and then the, in the near future, yeah, we want to start in Johor because there is a market there. Yeah, one thing that I, I've always admired uh, about, 
about uh, RC coaching, especially how you've done things. That I think yours is a uh, it's very welcoming. I mean, looking at it because I have been following RC coaching and I've been seeing you. It's very welcoming. It's really more. I think you know, it's 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 not intimidating for a newbie or for someone who just wants to be involved or just wants to participate in their first race or first triathlon. You know, so I think it's it's a uh, the kind of uh, audience that that you that you you're targeting you know so it's it's mm-hmm. it's really very very welcoming is that right. like um is there a reason behind that or do you feel that you know it just grew organically to welcome to the new ones or do you feel that you know in order to build a a, a strong triathlon base in malaysia for malaysia you need to bring in all these you know people who are not afraid to try right right yeah. so so i i think i i had the experience when i first started triathlon um mm. i came in and i didn't knew anybody and i felt it was quite intimidating i felt that the at that time uh, 2008 that the the uh, atmosphere or the culture for triathlon in malaysia people were a bit more maybe more proud and a bit more stuck up <laughs> so when i wanted to come in it was like yeah well, I, i didn't know Marty anybody sports, I was, right? yeah. yes i went to i went to the, like the welcome dinner i didn't know where i want to sit here this oh you can't sit here this is from my friend this is for our group blah 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 <laughs> and so so when i started uh, rc coaching i made it uh, i i made it a uh, priority a uh, very very important that everybody is welcome irregardless of your level right mm. whether you are mm. starting from zero or you are already an elite everybody is welcome to join and you don't make fun of any body whether they can't even they can't run they can only walk we will teach them we will try our best to guide them so it, i think it's a culture and i made mm. that culture known to all our coaches that everybody is welcome you don't make fun of them you teach them to your best of your ability from the start right mm. Uh, don't don't make them feel intimidated. Even if they can't, just teach them. If they can't even swim, never mind. We teach them how to breathe first. Just build their confidence, mm-hmm. little bit by little bit, and then eventually they will feel they will have the confidence, and that would translate to other parts of their life. So I think I think it's the culture that I emphasize on from the start that we welcome everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be intimidated. Just come yeah. and try. Yeah. It's not only like I. I think a lot of people think that oh, triathlon. I even hear the word Ironman. Ah, oh, it's only for this elite bunch. You know, mm-hmm. we are <laughs> we are not uh, uh we we are not good enough to join or you know. So because some of them really they do have like uh, uh confidence issues and uh, yeah, just lack of confidence, self confidence. And I I think it's important that we try our best to help them on that. And that translates to other parts of their life. True, true, true. Do you see triathlon as a sports um, growing? I mean, obviously, I think the past ten years, right? So you see, mm. you've seen the triathlon as a sports growing. Mm. Do you see it growing more and more? Especially, you know, do you see it going into more of a mass participant, mass participation level? Like, you know, do you see that? Yes, I, I do. <laughs> I, I think that the boom in uh, triathlon Malaysia started in 2014 when Ironman came back. Right, so mm-hmm. I said that in 2010 they stopped because of bad organizing by a local organizer. But when 2014 it came back, and that really caused people's, uh, you know, imagination that they want to be an Ironman as well, and they could do it. And of course, with the uh, social media, which was not there before, long, long time ago, but now mm-hmm. it's there, and people are sharing, tagging, and they're seeing that, hey, you know, my childhood friend, you know, he was so, he was so unfit, but now even now he can do a triathlon or do an Ironman. 
Mm. I've always wanted to challenge myself, so why not? And that's where they seek out help from the uh, the clubs or the coaches. So yeah, I do see it's coming. You know, it's growing. But of course, lah, with the MCO, you know, with the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at the moment, yeah, yeah, correct. Hmm. So then, yeah, okay, sure. My question, I mean, is 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 good that the the sport is growing, the community, mm-hmm. but I'm sure. There are a lot of challenges that come with running uh big groups of people. Okay, there will always be you know that jealous <laughs> yeah. right. of each other, injuries down. You know a lot of things that will happen. Uh. so uh-huh. what are some of the the top three challenges you think you face as as both a coach and a founder of of RC coaching, and how do you overcome them? Right, three challenges. Yeah. So so okay, at the moment the. The biggest challenge, so I would say currently, is because of the uh, COVID-19. Ooh. So, of course, there is a lot more uh, regulations or safety regulations put in place. So, that can be tricky even by conducting the session. Like, uh, we just did a training in the Saru. So, we had to prepare the QR code for them to make sure they mm-hmm. sign in, check their temperature, and make sure when they write, they run, they comply to the regulations, the SOP that we put in place. Uh, otherwise, we can get into a lot of trouble. So, for that, and then the, even the numbers, we can't put as many as before, right? We used to do like uh, uh, clinics up to 200 people, so, which we, we, are, we can't do it that anymore. So, of course, the numbers are smaller, but that is, for me, it's a bit hard to, to compensate by increasing the price because... Again, most of these guys are my friends. They've been around with me. So, you know, so yeah. the numbers are getting smaller. Yeah, even, even, and also for, um, there's no races currently with the Ironman or postponed. No. So our training, of course, our coaching is catered for races, right? We, mm. we, we train them for races. So once there's no races, then people lack motivation. They say, hey, what, what am I training for? I, I don't have any, uh, something, an objective or something to look forward to. So, of course, the coaching side, the numbers has dropped 20-30% uh, on our weekday classes. Mm. Yeah, but you do, you do do um, uh, simulations, right? I mean, I mean, even in this in this time, you you do like what what you say the training sites, uh, yes, also yes, the simulation, yes. you know, yes. so race simulation. Yes. So that that still happens, right? That still happens. Yes, that's correct. So of course, when it's simulation, then the uh, the uh, the level of uh, competitiveness is not as much as a proper yeah, yeah. yeah, for them when once it's a simulation, uh, maybe for them they just want to finish it, or yeah. for them they yeah, just want to fun. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's more for yeah. fun. So yeah, when, yeah. once it's more for fun, the level of commitment on the training will be less as well. So okay. I do see that our numbers are dropping on the coaching side. Mm. All right. I'm not sure so, about your side about the merchandising. Is the numbers uh, dropping? Uh, yeah, the number of course the numbers dropping compared mm. to before. Again, for the same reasons, people are less motivated, mm. so they are less motivated to, uh, you know, because there's no races, people are less motivated to right. go shopping or to buy new <laughs> things, right? So I mean, it's a, it's a fair thing. They they shop, right. but they shop other things, right? So ah, not for tri suit, not for cycling jerseys. There are less. There's less purchases, of course, and then there's also less less uh, race events, less race expo, no race expo. Yeah. yeah uh, so you know, people don't. You know, these are basically they they spend on other things, 
right. you know for right. other for other reasons maybe they upgrade their house they you know set up mm. their nice work from home office and stuff like that but you ah. know so it's it's i think this year is actually a very very uh, tough i would say a challenging year for you know almost everybody uh, you right. know every yeah, every yeah. every company of every every level yep okay um all right so we've gotten to know a lot of you as a as a coach you know and a lot of people know you you know the aura of rupert chen <laughs> right founder and, uh, you know uh, head coach of rc coaching so what i want to do now is i want to take it back you know dial back in history i just want to, i think i think i just want to get to know you you know of how you were as a student as a kid growing up you know and and you know when did you started getting serious in sports of running you were right. running you know so but yep. before that i want to ask you first how old are you now? ah 38 this year 38 so that means you so ah. if we 10 years ago so that means you started being serious around 28 28 uh yeah yes yes about okay. 27 27 28 mm-hmm. so so how how were you when you were growing up were you active were you like oh, it was this really really you know active you know, just run around and you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh my parents they both work with the government so we used to stay in government quarters so i was Uh, always out there you know running around playing football with the other kids a uh, very, very active uh, kid as i grew up yeah playing uh, all the outdoors game going to the river catching fish <laughs> uh, always getting myself into a lot of trouble so uh, when i was younger i think about um, 10 years old then i started taking up uh, taekwondo so then i took up martial arts so of course martial arts is very good to teach about uh, self discipline Mm-hmm. and so i was uh, constantly into sports doing martial arts doing uh, i was a school runner as well um also i was uh, education wise i was pretty good until like secondary as i grew older then you know uh, that's when computer games came about and then i started to play too much computer games i wasn't really mm-hmm. focused on studies uh, uh but throughout Uh, when I was on uh, my teenage years, yeah, I was constantly very, very active with sports, and mm. yeah, I, 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 I think that, especially martial arts, yeah, it had a lot of influence on me later in life, especially on the discipline side, right? Because especially when you want to do a triathlon, you need a lot of discipline to wake up in the morning to execute mm. all the training. Yeah. So I remember that 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 really did shape the way I train, and uh, you know, yeah. How long were you uh, as a runner before you decided you know I'll take up you know uh, this running is boring and I'm just going to do triathlon I uh, to be honest I think I went through the same phase as you you know we we I did a lot of run long runs marathons and all and then somehow right. I just got bored and then I decided yeah. okay I'll get a bike you know then it just then I've never done full or you know uh, the solo sport of running anymore it's now just multi sports did you right. go through the same as well uh, yeah so so I was uh... Very fit throughout my teenage years until my university years. I was constantly very very fit because I was always playing sports, right? Running, uh, mm. sports, martial art. And then when I started working in the corporate world, then I started gaining weight. <laughs> like when I look back, after, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I grew into that size!" Right? Don't we all? Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like because you're so focused on the work, it's uh, your know, your first job, yeah. you know. 
and then uh, the bosses bring you up for drinks, eating all the time. And then by the time you realize it a few years later, oh my God, I've grown so fat. So, <laughs> so then I, that's how I started taking up running first. Of course, started from the shorter distance and to the longer distance. And I think that was about two years of uh, running. And uh, then I, I knew a friend. Mm. who did this uh, Iron Man before. So I didn't even know what was the triathlon. I only heard about the word Iron Man, right? The, mm. <laughs> the, the yeah. Iron Man word is so strong. So I was like, hey, I want to do my Iron Man. And then he said, oh, why don't you do a short distance triathlon first? And then, of course, Uncle Chan was doing uh, races mm. uh, at that time. So I heard about Kenya. And then Kenya uh, just happened to be my hometown. I'm from Trungganu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the late so Kenya triathlon, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That was mm. in 2000. Eight, I think. Mm. Uh, so that's when I I I double into triathlon. You know, just get a bike. Even of course, no clip on uh uh shoes. Just get that the proper one, and the bike size was wrong. But once I went to the race, yeah, I couldn't pro- swim a proper freestyle as well. I just swam breaststroke all the way, jump on the <laughs> yeah, jump on the bike, and <laughs> of course, wow, the first. Five kilometers, wow, so fast, 40 kilometers per hour. But after five kilometers, <laughs> really, I had almost had to go down and push my bike. You know, the auntie that was on the mountain bike started overtaking me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really, really... Uh, <laughs> very humbling experience, right? <laughs> At a time when, you know, you think, oh, if I buy a bike, I ride a bike, you know, I do 35 kilometers, it should be okay. I can ride it for like, the rest of the <laughs> Yeah, and then you so let me actually know. Yeah, 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 you just jump on a bike, so excited, pedal so hard. Oh my god, I'm going so fast, overtaking everybody until like five kilometer, and then the auntie start to overtake me on mountain bikes. So then I learned, yeah. uh, then very long walk lah on the ten. Even it was a ten kilometer, very long walk, <laughs> walk all the way. And then yeah, from there on, I started to get to know people, train together, learn the trick. Uh, then after that, I got on lah. Okay. Uh, then I got now I got more personal question. So, um, throughout, eh, are you there? Hello. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> eh, is Rupert there? Hello. Hmm. Hello, hello. Hello, Rupert. Oh, he disappeared. Maybe he got cut off Wi-Fi. Hey, I'm going to ask the key no. question. Ah, uh, yeah. Right, yeah. We can, can hear you hear me. Okay, is that right now? Yeah. Uh, now it's okay. Okay, great. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, yeah, so uh, so the next question we're going to ask is a very personal question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to ask about your relationship status. So, <laughs> Cheryl wants to ask. Both of us, ah. you meet a lot of athletes, you meet a lot of girls. Do you get... Wait, wait, wait. But question first, are you... What's your status now? Oh. I... Single? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just... <laughs> With Sue, your clinic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you are taken. Yeah. Status yes, yes, now yes. taken. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So just in case everyone's listening, his status is taken. Yes. Yeah, so now we want to know the story. Like <laughs> how how it benefits the relationship being in the same spot, you know, how she also helps you with some of the coaching, etc. etc. Yeah. So, uh, when I started out the coaching business, uh, of course, uh, I, I, I knew her before I started the coaching business. Lah. So, oh, when I started... okay. Mm. Yeah, 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 before the coaching business. But uh, when I started, of course, she was very supportive and she helped out a lot. Uh, but it, it's not 
easy to work with somebody that you are in a relationship with you know <laughs> different opinions yeah different opinions <laughs> right yeah. different opinions especially different opinions and and the way i do things and the way she does things is very very different yeah. right i i i i get excited when i hear something new i get excited and i want to take it on i want to take it on and everything and in like in uh, Uh, one day I can have five new ideas and everything also I want to do, <laughs> and then it's everywhere. There's no like uh, there's no uh, ar- uh, arrangement. I should do this step one, step two, step two. I'll jump to step three, step four. Oh, then the other one I jump to step two, and then that drive her crazy. And then we had quite a lot of uh, arg- arguments, disagreement, disagreement, <laughs> Disag- okay, okay. Okay. disagreements over the way I was doing things, and uh, sometimes we uh, you know drive each other up the wall. But I, I but. <laughs> But I think that's how it is, you know. Especially if you are the founder, because I, I mean, I, I I go through. I think I'm similar like that too, where you have a lot, a lot of ideas get it goes in your mind, idea. yeah. And you want to implement like everything, yeah. Everything also you want to have, and then of course that's why I feel that my team itself, right, are great for me because they 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 kind of like you know help me saying you know we cannot do everything all at one time. Why don't yeah, we yeah, just yeah. do like one month one idea, you know, instead yeah, yeah, of doing yeah, yeah, one yeah. month many many ideas. <laughs> You are stretching yeah. everybody out. And then we get very excited and we tell them, "Hey, look, we're gonna do this." And then, "Huh? We haven't even done the other thing yet, and we have this one already." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm like, my tears are coming out because I feel, I feel you, man. Seriously, I feel yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel. I mean, Charlotte gets it from me all the time. I'm like, you know, yeah. why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? Why haven't we done this? Why haven't we done that? But that's yeah, like, yeah. you know, so <laughs> you know, we like, have the idea. We don't think about the the execution. Yeah, they're gonna do that one. We just do first, and then later, oh, I'm yeah, yeah. If it doesn't work, this problem, this problem. <laughs> if it doesn't work, we cancel it. <laughs> we spam it. Yeah, 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 exactly the same. Oh, I'll start. I'll start. Bit, oh my god, this this is not going on. Okay, let's scrap this. Let's scrap it. It's driving them. Cra- it drives them crazy. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's like no, it's like going to a restaurant, ah. Uh, you're very hungry. Uh, open the menu. Uh, yeah. It's on the menu. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so anyway, so anyway, how's the how has the journey been? Seriously, I mean, how has the journey been in RC coaching? I suppose. Oh, the, and, and, yeah. yeah. So how has the journey been? Four years now. Four years. Three years. Uh, officially two years plus. Uh, unofficially about five six years already been coaching. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, how has the journey been? Do you think that you'll be you have the energy to still carry on doing this, or you know what's what's your next step for what's the next step for RC coaching? Yeah. So the journey when I first started, of course, uh, super super rewarding. I I love seeing because I think generally the athletes that come for triathlon they are the more positive, more uh very motivated, happy bunch. Or or maybe they were not when they were in the office, but when they come. Over and then with the uh, the the culture that we have, welcoming everybody, make sure that everybody's having a good time. Uh, we, it feels very rewarding that we are really happy to see them having a good time, laugh, learning new things, or especially when they finish a race, the uh, the emotions that go through. We we feel mm. that of course we are part of it, so it's it's a very very rewarding job. Coaching is a very rewarding job, right? Mm. And it's not just about coaching about the technique, but coaches are so much more than just coaching about triathlon right uh, there's mm. so much more things that we teach and not only that we teach but we also learn from our athletes even uh, no matter how old they are even from the very young athletes we can learn very very simple things from them and sometimes things that we have already we we tend to overlook or we forgotten why we started triathlon so just having like the 
participation and meeting new friends. It's really, really rewarding. Um, of course, I, I'm quite an ambitious guy. So, uh, sometimes, that's why having Sue around is quite good that she holds me. Uh, she, she'll keep me more grounded, right? Because mm. I, I just want to do too many things at too short of a time and I burn out myself and everybody around me. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like she helps to pull back the brake a bit. Yeah. Um. So then after that, we started to do uh like uh clinics and camps as well, and that is also one of the uh, excuse that I give myself. For example, we do uh camps in Chiang Mai, so it's really really nice place for mm. training, and and then we extend the stay a bit and just to enjoy for just for traveling. Um. I think I think in the new future probably we want to go for events already. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. We wanted we wanted to do events even uh, this year alone, uh, oh. but because of the because of the uh, COVID nineteen, so we yeah. just we <laughs> postponed it. We haven't scrapped that off yet. <laughs> so of course, uh, we want to do events lah. I think. So the, so you uh, plan to do to you plan to evolve yourself uh, or at least you know branch out into events uh, organizing. Uh yes yes I I everything that we do at the moment yes I'm very very much uh, very hands on and very involved in even like uh the recent uh, the training in the Saru yeah everything I was involved in the coaching in the support driving the support cars everything I'm very involved in yeah yeah cool Cheryl do you yeah. have any questions uh I'm good maybe just uh some tips on. People, you know, like a lot of, I think a lot of us, uh, we have full-time jobs and then we are doing this mm-hmm. like, as a hobby, you know, like uh, there are different groups uh, that are the younger ones like right, right, and Stick who, who uh, they start younger, you know, there's more potential, right? Because you start mm-hmm. younger, mm-hmm. like the old farts, like, like the mm-hmm. old group, right? And you still want mm-hmm. to do this. But at the same time, I think um, a lot of us let the sport take too much uh, in our life. You know, I mean, I see. But I hope of people like getting divorced, you know, because yeah, 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 yeah. of course. Wow. You want to watch like dog, you know, everything, and after that, you know, right. you, you neglect. So like, how? I mean, you have seen so many types of students and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So, what's the, some of the advice you can give us, like, like in terms of learning how to how how when to pull back, when to push, you know, in terms of balancing like, the priorities in life. Right, right. Of course, especially if you are. Uh, you're not a professional athlete. Yeah. You don't, uh, you know, uh, uh, do this for a living. Of course, you need a balance, uh, for your life. Yes. Uh, what what uh Cheryl says is true. There has been like even athletes who are too involved in the sport or spending the life saving on a bicycle or traveling to Europe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they're getting divorced, and it's true. It's true, and. And anything, uh, too much of something is never a good thing, right? Yeah. So it becomes it becomes an addiction as well, and they forget about their family, or some of them is like they have family problems, and mm. this is an outlet for them and escapism for them as mm. well. So yeah, having a a more balanced lifestyle, especially if you're not a professional triathlete, is. Of course, recommended lah. When something mm. is too much, then of course the risk of injury, the risk of burning out is so much higher. Especially if you have a family, you have, you have a full time job, and then you still want to train two three hours. It's not easy. So having a balance, or maybe even having a coach on the side to tell you 
when to pull back or just looking at the training peaks, we can tell the fatigue level is already too much. Hey, mm-hmm. you're training too much, you know. It's, it makes sense that you take the day off to rest rather than even to do out an easy session. That really helps. So, yeah. Yeah. Balance is very, very, very important. Not, not, yeah, not too much, especially if you're not a professional. Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's correct. So, I guess... Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. Having a coach at the side, it's it's mm. extremely extremely, it's good. It's a clear. It's not not so much for them to, you know, give, especially if you are a non-professional athlete. Uh, mm. Not for them to give you the, the 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 activities that you need to do, but really more in terms of, you know, to be for them to be able to tell you to dial down when they feel yeah, that you know yeah, you're yeah. doing too much. Yeah, that I agree. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, I've always. Yeah, so so for coach, it's not just writing out the program, right? But to be able to listen to the athletes and mm. sometimes to see things on a bigger picture. Mm. Why are they not? Why are they not uh, performing? So sometimes a lot of time it's because of stress or lack of rest. So as a coach, you have to tell them you really need to take the rest time. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you life coach? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You become everything, right? Like, uh, even I become like a, a psychologist as well. I have a student, <laughs> yes, crying family problem, and you have to talk to them, have to console them. Yeah. Do you do you foresee do you do you foresee launching RC coaching outside of Malaysia? Say, you know, in Thailand or in Singapore, Indonesia. Do you foresee expanding out? Um, not. At the moment, in fact, we are still very focused on it. I believe the Malaysian market at the moment is still big enough. But of course, uh, in the Southeast Asia region, people have heard of us when they come for Langkawi camps or mm-hmm. just uh, some of our athletes have done very well in Southeast Asia. So I yeah. do coach a few athletes in uh, Indonesia and Singapore. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Indonesia and Singapore at the moment, but not not many. Uh, still, I would say ninety five percent of them, especially on the online program, is all still based in Malaysia. Yeah. But I I do have um interest, of course, to conduct training camps outside of Malaysia. We've already done it in Chiang Mai. I'm also talking mm. to Andy Wibowo to conduct it in uh, uh, Bali, in Indonesia. No, not Bali. Uh, the the island next to Bali. You mentioned something. Lombok, Lombok is it? Lombok, Lombok yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. nice. let, let, let me know when you're doing that. I'll... Ah, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I think Andy will be the one uh, yeah. organizing that. So probably, yeah, we probably have like a, our athletes will go over to his camps. His athletes will come over to my camp, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I always believe that, uh, you know, the, 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 there's abundance. There's enough for everybody. So there's no need among the coaches to like, oh, this is mine and you shouldn't come over here or that's yours. Uh, you know, don't invite my athletes over. We can always, you know, have shared mm. experience and the athletes from their side can come over our side. Our athletes from our side can go over their side. Yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. okay I wanna, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Nor. Okay, I want to ask you something serious. Last, last, maybe last two questions from you. Maybe even last question. It's like something serious, right? Do you, because I, I also see the triathlon scene and I know that Philippines is killing it in terms of, you know, right, the ITU right. races and all, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, I also know that the Indonesians are putting a lot of effort, Singapore, yes. In, yes. Uh, Malaysia and all, right? Yes. Where, do you foresee, you know, uh, Malaysia to be, where, you know, do you, what's your goal for Malaysia? You know, being a, I know you're a community member in the Malaysia triathlon, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, yes. So, yes. What what's your goal for for the Malaysia triathlon scene? Uh, the the, the, well, the performance in, in the, sites, yeah. In, yeah. in the near go, 
in the very near future, of course, we want a medal in the SEA Games first and foremost. Lah. We don't mm. need to talk about Commonwealth or Olympic. Yeah, we just SEA Games. Even SEA Games, we, we were pretty close last year. In fact, I think mm. we just lost it on the last sprint of the uh, the team relay on the red, red carpet already. We just yeah, yeah. lost to Indonesia on the sprint. Yeah. So I, I think we have potential and our team are general, were generally a very, very young team. Yeah? Some of them yeah. were like even 16 years old. They were already in our team. And majority of this, this super young athletes is the one from RC Coaching that I coach them mm-hmm. uh, uh, personally. Mm. So I think we do have the potential. I feel um, we need more support from the National uh, Federation. And of course, the National Federation have to talk to, lah, to the uh, yeah. national sports yeah, to correct. give us more support, you see, because we are really, really lacking of support. And majority of the uh, training, uh, the, the training, in fact, I think all the training that was done last year was all from our clubs. There was mm. no support on the national level. We need the help from the national level. We've been asking for help. We need funds. We need facilities. But there was none. So it was all done on a club level. Uh, so mm. we need help from them of course for them they will say oh, uh, oh no uh, make sure you prove that you can do it first you can get mm. some medal back or something only with support so it's like a chicken and egg thing right yeah true, true. Mm. alright yeah so yeah interesting so it's I think it's fairly similar also over here so when the federations mm. are looking for you know you guys perform first and then we'll see what we yeah, can put yeah, up yeah. you know so but I, I agree with you it is a chicken and egg thing so yeah, yeah. so but of and, course and you know Triathlon is not a cheap sport, eh? And yeah. to to find talents, yeah, you you we we need we need to find talents, lah. We need talent identification. We 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 do need help from the uh, national federation to do all this, which is not going yeah. on so well. So we are doing it on the club level only, and of course, the, with the club level, we're running the show for the RC coaching, and like part time, we are still coaching the uh the, the elites. It's not easy. And then yeah. with the events, with the merchandise, oh my god, everything's everywhere. That's why I'm, I'm killing everybody. <laughs> I'm killing myself and I'm killing, yes, even <laughs> last year when for the SEA Games, I was 50%, I was focused on the age groupers and then 50% of the time I was coaching the elites and the money that I made from the age group, I was pumping it into the elites. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of money was involved in coaching the, the very, very expensive people and then we had to send them Training yeah, camps, training camps, training camps, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> traumatizing. I was traumatized <laughs> for one month well, after the yeah. Sea Games. You know, but we so, all learn, right? Yeah, we all learn, and I, I guess yeah. you know you're, you're doing good. And I really, really, you know, like I said, I think I've, I've been following you, uh, RC and RC coaching as well. So, really, so far, it's really great work, man. I mean, one of the best, mm. one of the big, better, bigger community and uh, you know uh, teams that I've seen around okay. the region and I, I traveled around the region last time or at least right. before COVID to all the races you know so I think you're one of the, the better one right. so anyway uh, I think we're almost at the end of our session now uh, Cheryl do you have any uh, last question? No I'm good okay thanks uh, so much Rupert I mean it's really interesting man seriously I, I really look forward to see you uh, when the borders open again ah, fantastic thank you no, thank you so much Cheryl and uh, best of luck to purpose you, I see you guys are doing really really good stuff and I know you guys are launching new stuff coming up yeah so excited to see <laughs> alright okay thanks thank so much Rupert thank see you. you so much guys thank you okay. bye 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 hey thanks for listening 
Remember to follow the Purpose Podcast for your weekly dose of inspiration. See you on the next episode.